Oh, Heavenly Father, thank you, Father God, for what this time of year truly represents, God. So much else is made of it, God. So much hustle and bustle and spending and all of that, God. And and actually, many people get very depressed this time of year because of what they can't have or what they can't do. But God, the real reason, the true reason is Jesus Christ. For unto us a child is born, a son was given. You so loved the world that you gave your only begotten son. And we're thankful for Jesus, Father God. We're thankful for the gift of your grace, God, and your mercy. That you, that you loved us so, Lord. And we thank you for your presence amongst us today as we gather here as believers in your name. We pray for your will to be done in our hearts, Lord, each and every day of the year, God. May we grow in the grace and in the knowledge of you. May more and more, Lord, may we turn our eyes off of the things that are temporal, the things of this world. And may we fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. So God, we thank you for the opportunity to gather to today again around your word and to study about you and your will for our lives and your plan in this world. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, as followers, as believers in Jesus Christ, we are... We, of course, are familiar with the saying, Jesus is the reason for the season, right? We hear that often. Um, And, of course, we know as we come together on a morning like this, uh, we prepare to recognize a very special time of year. Uh, We gather to remember and make sure that we keep in the forefronts of our minds what uh, Christmas is truly founded upon, right? Uh, Now, we really don't know that Jesus was born this time of year or on December 25th. Uh, Matter of fact, it's likely that he was not. But it's just awesome that we can all come together and recognize that time. But of course, again, as followers, as Christians, as believers in Jesus Christ, it's something that we recognize each and every day, all year within our hearts. So we're going to look at some scriptures this morning, though, that will take us back in time to a night that was without question the most amazing night in all of history. Now, we know that it, again, like I said, you know, and and anyone that wants to, you know, uh, nitpick over it, we we know it wasn't this time of year, uh, obviously. Um, But the joyous occasion that we remember is that our Savior was born, whenever it was, you know, however it happened, whenever it was, our Savior was born. God became flesh and dwelt among us. So again, what I'll be doing here this morning is taking you through some scriptures and expounding upon them just a little bit as we go. So if you have your Bibles or your phone apps, you can go ahead and turn uh, into the New Testament to the Gospel of Matthew. And we're going to be looking at uh, Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, the first book of the New Testament. 
Matthew chapter 1, and I'll start reading in verse 18. So Matthew 1, 18. It says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. So here we see a very important fact regarding the birth of our Lord and Savior. His mother Mary was engaged to a man named Joseph, and she was now pregnant. And this was a very peculiar thing since it says here that she was found with child before they came together. And as we talk more about the birth of Jesus Christ, I really want us to get the full picture of the story. So I'm going to be jumping back and forth a little bit between scriptures here today. So go ahead and keep your finger here in Matthew and turn to the Gospel of Luke. Now that's something that people with the phone apps can't do. They can't keep their finger in one book and turn to another, right? <laughs> so turn to the Gospel of of Luke, right? It's to the right of Matthew. So where you were in Matthew, it's Matthew, Mark, then Luke. So we're looking for Luke um, chapter 1, and I'm going to read verses 26 through 35. So Luke 1, 26. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? Now, of course, we know what she's talking about there, right? She knows a man. She knows Joseph. But she was not with Joseph. They had not come together. So she's like, how can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One is to be born will be called the Son of God. So we see here that this is how Mary became pregnant. She was perplexed as to how this would happen since she had never been with a man, but the angel, the angel Gabriel explained to her how it would take place. The Holy Spirit came upon her, and the power of the highest overshadowed her. And as a result of this, the Son of God was in her womb. 
Now, go ahead and turn back to Matthew chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1. And I'll read verse 18 again. Matthew chapter 1, uh, verse 18. Now, the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. So Joseph now wants to call the whole thing off. He knew that he had walked in his integrity and never touched Mary himself. So Joseph was probably pretty crushed, to say the least. And he wanted to find a way to call off the engagement, but he didn't want to make a public spectacle out of Mary. So again, he was a a man of integrity. You know, and verse 20 says, but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So now an angel of the Lord gives Joseph a totally different perspective here on the situation. And there in verse 21, we see the purpose for the birth of Jesus Christ. He came for the purpose of salvation, for the salvation of people. John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. So as we remember the birth of Jesus, we must do so with the knowledge that the reason He came to the earth was to save us from our sins. He did not come to establish a religion certain church or whatever. He did not come just to establish a holiday, holiday, one day of the year where we remember him. No, he came to seek and to save those that were lost. And the lost is every one of us. Jesus came because we, you and I, need a Savior. Then look at verse 22 here in Matthew. It says, So all of this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. So here's another fact regarding the birth of Jesus. He came as God in human flesh. So Jesus is born Emmanuel, God with us. The scripture here does not say that Jesus was just a good person, right? Just another prophet, a new religious leader with us. No, he was God with us. He was not 
merely a man that spoke about God, nor was he a man that became a God. He is God that became a man in human flesh. The God of all creation became flesh and dwelt among us. Verse 24, Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. So in spite of how difficult this was for Joseph, we see here that he was obedient to the angel of the Lord, and he continued to walk in integrity toward his bride. Now let's turn back again to the Gospel of Luke. And let's look at chapter 2, Luke chapter 2. And we'll start reading in verse 1. So Luke 2, 1. And it came to pass, pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census took place while Cornelius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed to her, for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. You see, it's amazing that the God of all creation became flesh and dwelt among us. But he didn't come as a conquering king or as a high and a mighty prestigious leader. He came as a baby, born in a stable, right? Outside of an inn that had no room for him. And his birth was proclaimed first to a lowly group of shepherds. The shepherds were considered outcasts in that day. And the good tidings of great joy was proclaimed to them. This is how God became a man. And the good news that the angels proclaimed to the shepherds was good news that was for all people, it says. Right? It wasn't just a select few. It wasn't just for some religious folks, right? Or for the holier than thou's or people of a certain group or whatever. Jesus loves the outcasts. And have you ever felt like an outcast yourself? I know I have, but we must understand the beauty 
and the power of God's gift to us. In the book of Romans chapter 5 and verse 8, it says that God demonstrated His own love toward us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So the message of God's love for us in Jesus Christ was for all people. And as a baby, as He was there, it was first proclaimed to a lowly bunch of shepherds. You see, later on, Jesus, as Jesus grew into manhood, religion would reject him. His own people would reject him. And ultimately, they would put him to death. But the shepherds here, as we read this, they're receiving these glad tidings. And then in verse 12, the angel continues to speak to them and says, And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. So the shepherds now heard the wonderful news from the angels and they ran quickly to where Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus were. And then verse 17 says, Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. So the shepherds didn't keep the news to themselves. Instead, they made it widely known. When it came to the good news of Jesus, the shepherds were the first preachers, the first evangelists, the first missionaries. God used a group of people that everyone else despised to do the greatest work of all times, all time, and to spread the the good tidings of great joy. And today, nothing has changed. The Lord Jesus is still offering his peace to all who will receive it. Prior to Jesus going to his death on the cross, he was comforting his disciples and he told them, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world do I, gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So in this world, there's often things that can, can trouble our hearts, right? Trouble our minds uh, and cause us to be afraid. But that's not what Jesus gives us. That's not the peace that he came to give. The peace that Christ our Savior brings to this world is an internal and an eternal peace. It's a peace that we have in our hearts because we've come to the place where we've surrendered our lives to Jesus Christ. And we've let go of following after this world and being focused and fixed on this world, right? And His Holy Spirit comes within us and He takes up residence in our hearts. And then the fruit of the Holy Spirit is to rule and reign in our heart. And this only happens when, we're, when we fix our eyes on Jesus. 
and we take our eyes off of the things of this world. Because in this world, we can be troubled and afraid and bothered and worried and all kinds of things, right, can happen. But Jesus comes to bring peace in our hearts. You see, the story is much more detailed than we'll have time here for this morning. But Jesus came to give us hope and joy. You see, in the Old Testament, the prophet Ezekiel, prophesying of Jesus, um, said, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. So that is why Jesus is the reason for the season. We need a Savior for our sin. Sin destroys us right from the outside in. But Jesus makes us new from the inside out. He gives us a new heart and he puts a new spirit within us. He takes away the heart of stone, right? You see, sometimes this world can make you calloused towards certain things. As you grow up in this world, as you continue to, to walk through this life, certain things can make you hard and calloused and opinionated and all of this, right? But Jesus puts a heart within you that's a, that he calls a heart of flesh, right? A soft heart, a kind heart, a warm and a gentle heart, a new heart, a new spirit. Again, I go back to the fruits of the Spirit, love and joy and peace. This is what Jesus puts within us, right? The question is, is what do we do with these good tidings, the good news of the birth of Jesus? What does it mean to us? Verses 18 and 19 here says, and all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Like I said, this was a most amazing night. Mary, such a young girl, now has a baby to raise. But she will do so with God's favor upon her. And Joseph would stay with her. And the people marveled and Mary wondered, what, what lies ahead? You know, what else does God have planned for this baby boy? She's pondering all of this in her heart. Then the shepherds, verse 20 says, then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. And you know, tonight or tomorrow, I guess, as, as we celebrate Christmas, I encourage you to take some time and ponder the truth about Jesus in your own heart. The baby grew to be a man and suffered and died for your sin, for my sin, right? You can find out more about him simply by reading through the Gospel of John. But as you do begin to place the eyes of your heart upon Jesus, you will find that much like these shepherds, you will begin to glorify and praise God for all the things that your heart will begin to hear and to see. See, with Jesus, when we come to Jesus Christ, it's the beginning. We, we are to then desire the milk of the word, 
that we may grow thereby. And we grow in the grace and in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. And more and more as we grow in the knowledge of Jesus Christ, more and more as we fix our eyes on Him, we begin to shed off the things of this world and realize how unimportant, how temporal the things of this world are. And as a result, we find that we have peace in our hearts. We have joy. We have the comfort of the Holy Spirit. So I pray that your Christmas is a very merry Christmas, but I pray also that we will all fix our eyes on Jesus all the more as we begin to come into a new year, but each and every day is a new day. Today is, this is the day that the Lord has made. We can rejoice and be glad in it today. We can start afresh. We can start anew. His mercy is new every morning, the scripture tells us. So we can begin again to start anew. But you know where it begins? It begins with death. It begins with dying to ourselves. When I say death, I'm not talking about our physical death, of course. I'm talking about dying to our, those, that heart of stone that we might have within us, those, those thoughts, those, those ways that we are that make us callous and hard and upset and troubled and bothered. That's not the way of the Lord. The way of the Lord is peace, right? Joy, contentment. These are the things that God wants us to have. So as we celebrate Christmas, of course, we do it knowing that Jesus is indeed the reason for the season. But he's the reason for every breath we take as well. Let's pray. Lord God, again we thank you for the opportunity to gather around your word. Your word is living and active. Oh, it can do within our hearts and minds what no other word can do. Any words that we might speak to one another have no power, but your words do, God, if we will be obedient to them. If we will lay down our own lives and take up the cross and follow after you, and be obedient to your commands and to your word, God, you give us that new heart, that new spirit, a new beginning, a new life. So we thank you, Jesus, for your love, for your mercy and grace. We thank you, Father God, for so loving the world that you gave us your only begotten Son. And we thank you again for this time here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.